Perhaps the most controversial topic of discussion in our day revolves around truth. Opinions often blur the lines of an objective truth. Streaming platforms, social media, and other public forums allow individuals to project their truths upon the masses like never before. In the midst of woke, cancel culture, religious freedoms, political liberties, and social injustice, we attempt to search for and reveal the truth. This is Truth Revival. And we're back, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to another episode of Truth Revival. This is Season 3, Episode 10. With me today, we've only got one man in the studio and one's all we need, Mr. Nationwide, Paul Chapman. How are you today, Paul? Easy, Rome. I'm enjoying the weather. And we're already at double digits in Season 3. I know, right? That's crazy. There's one thing that I want to say about Season 3 and that is that our listeners have spiked and people have been supporting the show. We want to say thank you to everybody out there who's been faithful and listening and spreading the word. But there's just one thing that we'd like to ask of you. Corey always reminds me to, to be sure to say this, and I never really do. But if you haven't already liked or followed the show, be sure to do that because that really helps us reach a broader audience. Yes. Also, leave a review. Five stars are great. We like those five-star reviews. But if you could leave a review for the show, again, that helps broaden the show and helps create a little more awareness and helps us reach a broader audience. So, Paul, how are you doing today? I'm good, man. I've, uh, I just left a counseling session. Nice. I know you think, yeah, you need it, right? <laughs> I wasn't, I wasn't <laughs> going to be casting stones. So, um, no, I'm actually counseling. Uh, I've done several weddings, but this is the first time that the couple has asked me to, uh, will you counsel us beforehand? And, uh, it's, it's kind of crazy. You think about that and I'm, and I'm like, man, I don't need to counsel nobody. I'm a mess, but that's when God says, Hey, I'm at my best when you're at your worst. Ooh. So I'm like, okay. So it's great. Cause listen, I have become, the Lord has blessed me, uh, in my endeavors, to mm -hmm. where I can kind of, I still manage my business, but from a different uh, perspective, I, I'm approaching it a little different and doing things a little different because the Lord's really opened a lot of doors for us with this and some yes. other things. So I, I'm approaching my life differently, and the Lord's opened a lot, up a ton of doors, and I'm meeting a lot of people. Mm -hmm. So this past week, I was in the coffee shop, and I was like, yeah, I'll be here Saturday. This couple wants to meet me here to to go over talking blah 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 and uh the the one of the women in the in the coffee shop said i hope that you're being honest with them and i'm like well why would i lie you know i mean I, I i'm a minister of the gospel why would i lie you know so uh she's like you're telling them that it's not always roses and it's not always cookies and cream and it's not always goo goo eyes and stars and and butterflies and flutters and everything's ah and i'm like no i'm telling the truth and uh I, I walked away from that and I thought, you know, she's right. Nobody ever tells you about the bad, bad part of it. Like when the rubber meets the road and you're mm -hmm. like, I'm out of here. I don't want to be here no more. You make me mad. You don't do what, what, what I want you to do. But I, so I thought about that in the council session today and my wife, I'll tell you right now, my wife, whew, she's good. Mm -hmm. She's good. 
she told me, because our first year was rough. It was rough. It was rocky. <laughs> she said, you know, I come to realize that you expected things out of me that I didn't know. And I expected things out of you that you didn't know. Therefore, when we didn't receive what we expected, it drove us further apart. Mm -hmm. So I shared with them today that wisdom from my beautiful wife. Hey, communication is the key. Communication is the key. Be diligent in your communication. Because if you're diligent in your communication and you're diligent in working on your wife, on your on your wife or on your life and your marriage, it will be successful. The same thing as we're going to talk about today at Truth Revival. If we're diligent in our pursuit of the Father through prayer, through uh, supplication, through reading to the Word, through fasting, whatever He leads you to do to to get to know Him, or if we're diligent in that, there's no way, Rome, that we will not be successful. Paul, I want to make a comment on on what you said earlier about marriage and love. Love that lasts is going to require work. Yes. If it's going to last, you're going to have to work at it. And also, it's got to have a firm foundation. It's got to be built on something. Love can't be built on lust. <laughs> That's true. I because, told him that today, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, lust is wonderful and great. You know, I mean, it has its place and, you know... But uh, that's a fleeting thing, and it doesn't it doesn't last. It doesn't endure. So love that lasts has got to be built on something solid, and that is Jesus Christ. Build your relationship and your marriage on Jesus Christ, a firm foundation. And I also want to say this, Paul. When you sign up for marriage, you're not essentially saying, I'm in it to get what's mine. I'm only here to do what's best for me. Yeah. When you sign up for marriage, you're agreeing to serve your your mate. Yeah. You're you're basically making a commitment and a covenant yeah. before the Lord to serve. And so we've got to we've got to kind of get our mind in the right type of place and it's taken me a really long time to kind of get my mindset toward serving. Yeah. Serving my spouse and and loving her. Loving her and cherishing her and honoring her. Now, am I going to say that I do everything right? Absolutely not. I'm a bonehead. My wife will agree with me. But we have to serve one another. And I hope that she would agree that I have grown as an individual and as a person. And and I hope that in, in your relationship that you have grown to love your wife deeper. But it only comes when we have a mindset of, serving and there's times that we have to do things we don't want to do yeah things that's not convenient yeah and and but that is a servant's heart it's kind of crazy because you you leave your father mother according to the word and you become one cleave yeah yeah you become one but even though we become one we can't live for one i have to live for her best needs and she needs to live for my best needs and in turn that's when we serve one another and we become one, and then God's glorified, and that threefold cord is not easily broken. Ooh, that's good. And I also want to say this, too. You know, um, some people, whenever they get into a relationship, they lose focus of their own true self. If you're going to serve your spouse and be, and if you're going to help them grow, you also must be growing as a person. Yes. You must also 
tend to your own personal spiritual health, your own personal growth and development. And because if you're not growing as a, as an individual, you're not going to be much fun to be around. Right. If you're kind of stagnant and you're not growing and improving, that's not going to, that's not good for your partner. And that's not good for your, for your spouse. You've got to be in a healthy place. If you're going to be a good spouse. Yes. And, uh, and, and again, you know, it takes time. You're not going to figure it out overnight. You got to make mistakes. Me and Paul can sit here and we can say, do this, do that. We're not really a marriage counselors or none no, of that no, stuff. No. Um, but you, you know, you've got to, uh, keep your eyes focused on the Lord. Hey, you just got to be diligent. That's, that's it. You've got you to be diligent. You got to work at it. You got to be diligent. That's right, Paul. Listen to what the word says here. And, and Peter here, second Peter talks about, I'm going to start here in uh, chapter 3. I'm going to start here in verse 11. It says, since all these things are thus to be dissolved, talking about things in heaven, what sort of people ought you to be in lives of holiness and godliness, waiting for and hastening the coming day of God? We're waiting and we and we're anticipating because of which the heavens will be set on fire and dissolved and the heavenly bodies will melt as they burn. But according to his promise, we are waiting for a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Here we go. Therefore, beloved, since you are waiting for these things, be diligent to be found by him without spot or blemish and at peace. Woo. You think about this. That I, I'm I'm the king of not being at peace. Listen, I'm the man in the mirror. I I know what I'm talking about here. I'm constantly just uh, pulled to and fro and 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 freaking out in my mind. And I that's one thing that I long for. Lord, I want your peace. But this tells me that if I set my eyes on Him, if I set my eyes on heaven and Him returning to come get me. If I'm hastening that, if I'm anticipating that, if I'm looking for that, that I'm going to live my life in a way that is acceptable to him by being without spot and blemish because I'm pursuing the things of God, the things that he says will get me to heaven. And if I'm doing that and being diligent in that, that I will have peace. Mm. Because how will we have peace if we're doing all that thing? Because he says, I am peace. Right. He is the Prince of Peace. Mm-hmm. So if we're diligently seeking those things, that means we're diligently seeking Him, and therefore that attribute of peace, which this whole world is void of, that this whole world needs, we will have when we set our mind and our heart and our purpose at the foot of the cross. So, Paul, as I'm looking this up in the uh, Blue Letter Bible and looking at this concordance and in, in that Greek word there. It means to hasten, make haste, to exert oneself, endeavor, to give diligence. Um, yeah, when I think about diligence, I think about committing oneself. We went and listened to uh, Tamika Catchings. Are you familiar with yes. Tamika Catchings? <laughs> yes. Tamika Catchings has got a phenomenal story. I had no idea, Paul, 
that she had hearing impairment. Oh. When you look at this girl play basketball and you see four-time Olympic gold medalist, two-time yeah. national champion, you hear all of these accolades and all of this stuff and that she's accomplished, world championship, uh, WNBA Hall of Fame, um, legendary UT Lady Vol. Like, I thought she had the perfect life. Right. But – she had a hearing impairment and she talked about how she had to work through some struggles and yada, yada. And, uh, her hearing aids, uh, she was being bullied and she didn't like the way that they made her feel. And so she threw them away and her parents were like, well, um, we can't afford any new ones. So (laughs) you're just going to have to do without. And she said, I had to learn to read lips. She said, I sat in the front of the class. She said, I read the chapter the night before so that I could be prepared for class. She could have made excuses to just be subpar. Right. She could have made excuses and said, well, I have a hearing impairment and I can't see, but no, she wanted to be successful. And you know, so you know what? She was diligent. Yes. She was committed to excellence. And, uh, she made a statement and I mean, I have been going round and round with Lincoln on this one because she said, (laughs) Why settle for a C when you could make an A? Oh, yeah. Yep. If you're capable of more, demand more of yourself. Expect more of yourself. And, Paul, as I'm reading this right here, wherefore, beloved, seeing that you look for such things, be diligent that you may, that you may be found of peace in him without spot mm. and blameless. Whew. Paul, can I um, play a little video yeah, go ahead. for you? Alcohol is the devil's substitute for spirit-filled life. You know, the Bible doesn't clearly say not to drink wine. You can fight all of that. But one thing it is true, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, the last thing you want is a sip of wine because the Spirit of God is the new wine. When you get alcohol into your system, you lose control. When you get Holy Spirit in your heart, you get self-control. When you get alcohol in your system, you hurt your physical organs. When you get Holy Spirit in your system, keep it is healing to your body. And when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, He always leads you to holiness. He always leads you to righteousness. He always leads you to love God. He always leads you to do right in your finances and in your morality. Because the Spirit of God is the Spirit of holiness. That's true. Be diligent in that. Without spot. I heard that last week. Who was that? Um, obviously, he's not from around here. No, yeah, I heard him last week. I heard but, but I'm not a big drink. I've actually never consumed beer, alcohol, wine, or anything like that. And I'm not, I'm not casting stones here. But you have some people that if there's a gray area, they try to justify yeah. their actions. They try to justify their decisions. Well, um... Peter right here is saying that we need to be diligent that we may be found in him without spot and to be blameless. It's just like like with weightlifting or or if you're going to a trainer, you're going to get in shape. You've got to be diligent to put the right fuel in your body. If you want results... You got to put the right proteins. You got to put all the right things in your body. It's and the Bible clearly says it's not what goes into a man 
that defiles them. It's what comes out. But I promise you, what you put in is what's going to come out. What you put in is what's going to come out, and what comes out of you will defile you. And if, if you don't diligently pursue to train yourself to have a better body or to be in shape, you're not going to get there. You can't go to the gym and work out and eat five bags of Doritos every day oh, and Paul. catch results. Oh, you're, you're hurting me here. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, you just can't do it. You know? You're not going to do it. <laughs> and uh, I've heard people say that if you want uh, results, and you know, a lot of people, say, if you want them washboard abs, uh, abs don't really come from the weight room. They start in the kitchen. That's true, yeah. And, and, but you've got to be diligent in it, and you've got to be committed to it. It takes work. It takes work. And another word for that is disciplined. Yeah. You've got to be disciplined. And discipline is kind of you know, similar to being a disciple. Yes. But listen what the definition of discipline is. It means to show control. Mm. To show control as a form of behavior, a way of doing things, to yes. be dips, disciplined. And you know what the Apostle Paul said? He said, he goes, I therefore bring my body into subjection. Yes. Mm-hmm. Like you've got to get control of your body. Number one, your yeah. thoughts, your emotions. You've got to get control of those words that's coming out of your mouth. Yeah. You know what, Paul? The Bible says that the tongue, <laughs> it's an unruly evil, full yep. of deadly poison. Now, if somebody took their tongue and uh, you know, like they, you can't pierce somebody with your tongue, like, or you you can't. Like physically cut somebody, you can't shoot them with an arrow. Like the tongue is not an intimidating thing. You know, if somebody slapped you with their tongue, it'd just be wet and slimy and kind of gross and all. But the tongue, it's it's not, it can't hurt you physically, but boy, it can hurt you emotionally. The power of life and death. The power of life and death is in the tongue. Mm-hmm. I mean, people say sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt. I don't know who wrote that, but words do hurt. They were misled. Words do hurt, you know, and and I think that we ought to mature and we ought to try to grow so that we develop self-confidence, you know, and, and so that we, you know, again, the Apostle Paul said, I would rather glory in my infirmities so that the power of God may rest upon me. Like if we get to that place of self-actualization where we know who we are in Christ Here's the reality. The enemy says I'm guilty. He's right. Yeah. That's why I needed a savior. Yes. <laughs> right? <laughs> Mercy and grace came in, right? The enemy says <laughs> I should be ashamed. Well, he's right. But Jesus Christ said my sins cast as far as the east as to the west. Yeah. Though your sins be as scarlet. Make them as wool. They shall be white <laughs> as snow. So like you've got to be able to have the word mm. to combat the enemy and the shame and the guilt and everything else that comes along with that. But when you just realize who you are in Christ, you're forgiven. Yeah. You're loved. You're redeemed. You've been set free. Praise God. And now the Lord says, to pick up the cross and follow after him. Yeah. Deny yourself, pick up the cross and follow after him. And you put your hands to the plow. Don't look back. Right. Don't look back because no man's fit for the kingdom. If he's constantly looking back, you're going to get off. You're going to get yourself off track. 
And I've done that. I've got myself off track, but I've got to fix my eyes on the Lord. I've got to press toward the mark of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. And Paul has got to be diligent and you've got to be disciplined in it. You got to be focused in it. And can I say one more thing? Go ahead. The Bible says in Romans that no man lives unto himself mm. and no man dies unto himself. It's true. Have you ever heard the old saying, no man is an island? Yes. What does that mean to you? Just go ahead. I, I'm, 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 my mind's on something. Else <laughs> I'm rolling. Right <laughs> I'm rolling here. No man is an island. You hear people say, I just got to do me. Well, you. I mean, in our civilization, no man is an island. You, we've got family. We've got responsibilities. We've got careers. We've got ministries. We've got stuff. There are people that rely on us, right? No man is an island. And you can't just do what's best for you. No man lives unto himself and no man dies unto himself. But let's just say that you've been successful in doing it. Let's just say that you just do you. You're a lone wolf and you only take care of yourself. Well, I'm here to tell you that is in stark contrast to God's word because the Lord Jesus said we have been called to serve others. Mm. Jesus said, I came not to be served, but to serve. I came not to be served, but but to to serve. And serving means working with people. When you're on an island, you're you're just doing you. You're by yourself. But if we're going to grow in our walk with Christ, if we're going to do what Peter has said right here, we've got to be in the world, but not of the world. We've got to be in and amongst people. We've got to be around the distractions and yet somehow be able to stay in tune to the Holy Spirit and the voice of God. That's true. So as we're walking by faith, we should have a desire to grow in our walk with Christ. And Paul, oh man, Isaiah 61.3 has just hit me hard the past couple weeks that it is God's desire in the place of ashes, you know what he wants to give us? Beauty. <laughs> Beauty for ashes. When we're mourning, we're grieving. Yeah. Do you know what he wants to give us? Dancing. The oil of joy. Yes, joy. Yep. When we have the spirit of heaviness upon us. And how do you even explain the spirit of heaviness? Like we've all felt it. You're just broken inside. You're you're stressed, you're overworked, or you've just you're burdened with stuff, you're encumbered with things. For the spirit of heaviness, what does he want to give you? The garment of praise. Why would he do that? The Bible says so that we can become trees of righteousness for him. And what do trees do? They give life. Trees give life. They bring forth fruit. They sprout. I mean, they, oxygen. They blossom. Yes, they, yeah. they they give life. There's so many things that we can that we can. T- and so, if you're going to be in Christ, God wants you to spring forth. The Bible, he, he said this right here. He, he talked about being the true vine, and he said that he it's his desire for us to bear much fruit. fruit. Yep. And I can go back to Isaiah 61. Why would we? What does he do for us when he gives us beauty for our ashes? 
the oil of joy for our mourning, the garment of praise for that spirit of heaviness. Why does he do this? The Bible says so we can be become the trees of righteousness and glorify him. Mm. Glorify him. When we produce spiritual fruit, guess who it glorifies? Him. God. It glorifies him. And people say, how can God use somebody like you? Or why would God use somebody like you? I don't know, but I want to give him praise, honor, and glory. <laughs> the Bible says that he's chosen the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. Why? So that no flesh can glory in his That's presence. And, and it's, when you just when you do that, and you just give all glory to God, man, oh man, uh, Paul, the Bible says that men will see your good works. And glorify your father. And glorify the father in heaven. Yep. You can't outgive God. When you give God praise, he reciprocates the blessings. That's true. So if you want blessings in your life, live for the Lord. Push down, boy. Hallelujah. <laughs> man, oh man. And this all comes through being diligent. Yes. Staying focused. Yeah. Keeping your eyes fixed on the Lord. You do the right things, you will be successful. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, I mean, uh, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com wonder. definition of success what is the definition of success health wealth and prosperity is that what we're talking about here love joy and peace whoa <laughs> love joy and peace and you know what paul those are intangibles that the world can't take away no if the world don't give it to you the world can't take it the away. world can't take it away it, hallelujah love joy and peace love joy peace bank account full of that baby wow Ooh, in heavenly places yeah the heavenly bank amen i heard a preacher the other day he said he said, are you going to be a fan or a follower? Come on. And I thought, I, I took it to another level. Are you going to be a fan or do you want to get in the game? Do you want to be on the team? You're just going to be a fan or you want to be, you know, when when you're a fan, you just, oh, I'll go watch, you know, I'll, I'll buy the jersey. I'll be a part of the of the family. But are you really part of the family? Mm. Are you re- Have you really done what it takes to, to be a member? Have you sacrificed what it takes to be a member? Or did you just go to the store and buy the shirt? Ooh, that's heavy, Paul. When you uh, when you talk about being a follower of Christ in this world, people want to be leaders. They want to be the one who gets the recognition, the accolade, the accolade, the credit. And so, I've got a question for you: Is being a follower an insult? Think about that. In a worldly view, yes. In a godly view, no. We follow trends, do we not? Oh, yeah. We follow fashion. They're like a wave. <laughs> right. You want to, Let me tell you something else that I've, I've noticed. 
These ball players now, professional ball players, they're wearing these sliding gloves. Do you watch baseball? No. I love baseball. But these ball players now, they wear a sliding glove. There may be some truth revival listeners out there that uh, know what I'm talking about. People have played baseball for years and never needing a sliding glove. But you know what? Because the pros are doing it now. Everybody's doing it. Guess what? The little leaguers are doing it. Yeah. And I see these boys in Little League or in Dixie Youth, whatever, and they're putting on these sliding gloves. And I thought, why? In the world? You know why they're wearing those gloves? Because the pros are doing it. Now, do they put those on when they get to first base? They put them on when they get to first base or second base or whatever. And, but they're following a trend. Mm. Are they not? Yeah, but doing what they see. They, they're doing what they see. But a lot of times when people are, are followers, that is that has a negative stereotype because they're not original. Yeah. Right? Yeah. They're not original. Well, what has the Bible called us to be? The Bible hadn't called us to be original. Don't make up something new. Right. You be a follower of Christ. Yeah. And so you know what you have to do in order to be a follower? Deny yourself. You've got to deny yourself. (laughs) Yeah, take up your cross. Now, now I want to tell you something. Whatever God, God has called you for a reason. Your strengths, your weaknesses, your abilities, your inabilities, mm. your 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 gifts. You know, God has called you. Your faults, your failures, everything. God has called you. So, be you. Don't try to be like another individual or person. Be you. However, your you should strive to be like Christ. Yes. In everything that we are, in everything that we do, we should strive to be like Christ. And I've got a couple qualities right here, Paul, um, about being a follower of Jesus Christ. The first one is humility. Yes. What's the opposite of humility? Haughtiness. Pride. Yeah. Haughtiness. But we should strive to live in humility. The second thing is courage. Mm. Jesus demonstrated such courage in a world that was Heading in one direction, he went against the flow. Yeah. We've been called to be peculiar people. Yeah. Paul, we're talking about this Jesus revolution thing. And this is the term, this is where the the term Jesus freak originated. Yeah. You ever heard that? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Jesus freak. You remember the song? Yeah. DC Talk. DC Talk. Jesus freak. I want you to know, I hated that that label. (laughs) <laughs> I hated that label because people took it as, well, if I'm going to be, I'm going to be weird. Yeah. Like that doesn't mean weird in like how you dress and how you talk and like, I hope everybody knows what I mean. Jesus freak means that you're without spot and without blemish. Yeah. You're turning away the alcohol. You're set apart. You're set apart. Yeah. You're not going to the parties looking for a late night hookup yeah. or or you're not the one out there vaping and smoking and you know speeding down the highway yeah. i mean listen 
Guilty pleasure of mine, I love Van Halen. <laughs> love Van Halen. Oh, wrong. Hey, now the lifestyle that them boys lived, not a Christian lifestyle. That's true. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know, I like the music, but secretly, I'm not living like Van Halen. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, but, but I hope everybody gets the point there. You've got to have courage to go against the flow. Yeah. And just because the world's doing it, that doesn't make it okay. And what is the worst? He said, I didn't give you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Yeah. So that courage, and continuously in the scripture, he says, take courage. Right. Be courageous. Take courage. Be courageous. Hey, I am with you. Don't Don't worry about this. I've got you. If you will diligently pursue me and seek me, I've got you. Yeah. So humility, courage. The third quality that our Lord exhibits is forgiveness. Mm. Forgiveness. And Paul, you and I have talked about this. We had a podcast on it not too long ago, and it, Open my eyes to so many things. We hold on to grudges and we hold on to emotions. <laughs> Let me tell you something. When you're holding on to it, it is hindering your walk with the Lord. Yeah. If you're going to be diligent in your pursuit of following after Christ, if you're going to be an effective disciple for Jesus, you got to learn to forgive. Yeah. You got to learn to release the hate. You got to learn to give up the resentment because if you hold on to hate and resentment, that's a seed that will develop into a root of bitterness. Mm -hmm. And Paul, that root of bitterness will lead to destruction. Oh yeah. It'll choke you out. Well, that's just, that's just, that's just the nature of the flesh, Paul. That's human nature. That's all of us right here. So I'm not throwing stones, but as I read God's word, it instructs me, it teaches me. And when the Holy Spirit reveals, when he teaches us all things, when God makes it clear to you, you got to be obedient. You got to follow that. It's true. If you're not following after the Lord, then you're living in rebellion. Um, so the last thing right here, we had uh, we had humility, we had courage, we had forgiveness. And all of these, this has been diligent and being a follower of Christ, not a fan. Right. There's a lot of fans. True. But being a follower, being a true follower, being diligent to follow, here's the last one, Paul, and it's sacrifice. Mm. Sacrifice. Now, if you're sitting there and you're like, well, I really don't want to forgive these people, you've got to make a sacrifice because you're not living for you anymore. Yes. You've got to give up your own pride. Be humble. Have the courage to be mocked or scorned or made fun of. Yes. You know, Paul, some people think that you have to be strong in order to hold on to a grudge. No, that's not strength. No, that's misery. That's 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 <laughs> foolishness is what it is. Because what's happening when you're holding on to that grudge, it's like it's like a leech that's sucking the life out of you. Yes. But if you have the strength to forgive, and the courage to sacrifice. You know, some people also think that uh, 
those that uh, are they have a quick wit or they have a sharp tongue or they they're able to come out with good comebacks. You know what I'm talking yeah, about? They're, they're quick, quick witted, quick witted, quick tongue, whatever you know. It's actually better for you to be able to hold your peace. Yes. To not be able to, you know, to to restrain yourself. That right there takes real strength. <laughs> right? It takes a man to know when to shut up. Yes. <laughs> I promise you. Yeah, to, to restrain wanting to say what it, and all and spew all that hate or vitriol or release all that venom as the Bible talks about that deadly poison. What does the word say? Be slow to speak. Yeah. Slow to speak. Yeah. So you know, being a follower of Christ, we've got to be diligent in it. And every day, every day, we've got to make a commitment to follow the Lord. Now, I'm not saying we've got to get saved every day. I'm definitely not saying that. But like when we wake up in the morning, you got to wake up knowing whose you are, yes. who you belong to. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. I'm a servant of the Most High God. And what a great privilege it is to be one of his followers. This just came to me. When we wake up, what we need to do is say, Father, and I'm talking about me too, how do you want me to honor you today? How do you want me to honor you today? How do you want me to live for you today? What do you want me to do for you today? And immediately, if our mind is fixed on him from the very first moment, all the things that we hear through uh, preaching, all the things we hear through fellowshipping with the believers amongst the brethren, all the things that we know to do are going to start flooding your mind. Hey, love your enemy. Love your neighbor. Do unto others you have them doing to me. Seek me first the kingdom, and, and all things will be added unto you. You know, love covers a multitude of sin. Be, the Lord is gracious and compassionate. I want you to be gracious and compassionate. If, if our mind is stayed on him, he says he keeps us at perfect peace. Mm-hmm. Just like Peter said there, hey, if you'll do these things, you'll have peace. Yes, and without spot, without blemish. Hallelujah, man. You know, it's good. To live a life pleasing unto the Lord. Now, Paula, we're going to try to wrap this up right here. You got me rolling. But <laughs> if we're going to be followers, there's got to be a leader. Mm-hmm. So who's the leader? You got to be. Jesus. Yeah, well, I mean, he's ahead, but then we come into place. Right, right, right. But you yeah. see what but you see what I'm saying? Like if if we're going to be followers, there's got to be a leader. Oh yeah. And there's got to be a consistent leader. I mean, it's it's Christ. He's the leader. The hope of glory. Yeah, and the Bible says, "Let this mind be in you." That was in Christ. Which is in Christ. Woo. So like, if I'm a follower and you're a follower and we're both following Christ, then there should be some similarities there. Yes. We're going to talk uh, in hopefully our next episode. Uh, I'm, I'm going to release this a little bit early. And, Paul, you're going to have to uh, hit the mute button here because I know that you're, you're wanting to let this go. But, like, w- the, all of these denominational differences, and we're going to do a, a podcast next time on Baptist only or de- this denomination only. or that We've all heard it said before. Does that what it are we following after the Baptist creed? Are we following after the Presbyterian the, the, the doctrine or the the Pentecostal charismatic or or Methodist or it ought to be Christ. 
He's the center. We're following after Christ. Hallelujah. Okay? And so we've got to keep that in mind that Jesus is the leader. We're the follower. Mm. We've also got to have zeal, Paul. Yes. Passion. We must be engaged. Yes. Because if we're if we don't if we're not displaying a zeal for the Lord, passion for the Lord, then we're not following, we're being dragged. Listen to this. Who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession. We've already talked about this. It finishes with this. Who are zealous for good works. If we're not actively following the Lord, we're being dragged along. Okay? We're, is it bad? Do you know how hard that is to just to carry somebody else's weight, to uh, drag somebody else along? I feel like, and I mean, I don't mean this to be offensive or whatever, but there are so many Christians that I know that you just, you're just having to drag them along, and it's just, it's not, it's not fun. Is it bad that... All I can think about is when I was younger and they used to try to get me to water ski and I never could because I, I just couldn't do it. But I wouldn't let go of the rope and they would be dragging me down the lake. Yeah. And it was just, it was, and I was trying to drown myself and it was a bad day. And that's miserable. <laughs> that's miserable. But we've got to be zealous for it. We got to uh, have, be engaged. And then the last one here is we've got to own the mission. Mm. We got to own the mission. Yes. We've got to, be able to successfully complete the task that God has called us to do. We've got to be faithful stewards with what God has entrusted us with. And so, I mean, like, am I there yet? No, but I'm growing, right? He, he equips us. He equips us, yeah. He's He's revealing uh, his mercies are new every day. God's leading, he's guiding. And there's, as you're reading scripture, you should be growing in it and you know, again, no man is an island. I want to encourage all of our listeners out there, you know, find a local church that you can get rooted in and grounded in, or you start a small group study somewhere. If you're like, well, Rowan, I don't really want to do the corporate church thing or whatever. If you're a follower of Christ, you ought to be able to have a Bible study in your home. It's true. You ought to be able to look for opportunities or places to like, Get like-minded people together mm. so that you can grow in your walk with Christ. Okay? I don't want to be told that I'm always right. I, this is something that I talked to Corey about. And Paul, I'm going to say this and then I'm going to let you uh, I'm going to let you close this out here. <sighs> this is one of my character flaws, I guess you would say. Oh. Because I feel like I have natural leadership qualities. And I guess one of my biggest flaws is that I feel like I'm always right. Mm. That my way is the best way. Right. And that's not always the truth. True. My wife has counseled me and she's like, Roman, you're not always right. You know, there are other people who have opinions and better solutions than you do. And so this is something that I've been working on here lately for me, for my own personal growth and development is that I want to learn to listen more, listen to what other people have to say and try things somebody else's 
way. Does right. that make sense? Yeah, I understand. But I'm motivated in my life to be a follower of Christ and to grow in my walk with the Lord. But this is an area of improvement that right now, Paul, that I'm giving diligence to, to try to listen more. Yeah, I think and that's wise. Instead of just always speaking and acting for me or what's in my best interests, I'm trying to think about, okay, let's hear what other people have to say or what's best for the group. And I'm going to leave you with this last quote, quote that I love. It says, you can go faster alone mm-hmm. or you can go farther together. Yes, that's true. I agree 100% because I struggle with the same thing, being, being a business owner. Uh, I can remember at one time I had 26 people working for me, and I wanted them to ask me every question. I wanted to, to know every answer because, listen, I did that. I wanted them to look at me and say, hey, he's the guy. He's the guy. But I found out that in wanting to be the guy, it was very tiresome. Uh, heavy lies the crown. Heavy lies the crown. I mean, it was it was exhausting. It was exhausting. And then I met a guy that gave me the best wisdom I've ever heard. And I shared this with an 80-year-old guy the other day in Maryville. And he said, you know, young man, I could learn something from you. Ooh. And I thought, oh, that's, uh, that's kind of wild. But anyway, thank God. But here's the deal. Here's what I've learned to be successful. We always hear that we have to let go and let God We've got to trust him with everything. we got to let go and let God. I have learned that I have to let go and trust the people around me. I try to always in every meeting with my guys now, what do you think? What do you have to say? Because I want their input. Because when people feel like they have an input, you're going to get more of who they are. They're going to work harder. They're going to be more diligent. And I've learned this, Roman, that I Keep people that are better than me, that everything I'm involved in around me because they help me grow. They help me grow. As how I used to be, I, I wanted to be the man. I want people to look and say, hey, he's who we're going to ask. He's got the answer. It killed me. It wore me down. Now, hey, I've got guys that work for me that are way better than I'll ever be as an electrician. I've got guys that work for me that are way better than me at problem solving. And my life is better than it's ever been. Mentally, as far as not being exhausted, trying to be the guy. Trying to be the guy. So, hey, you got to let go. But it's wise where the Lord's got you is a a good place to be. You know, as we're uh, bringing this thing to a close right here, as you're diligent in your pursuit with Christ... God leads people into your life and you're going to come up alongside of folks and the Bible says to bear one another's burdens. Load distribution. That's right. Load management, as they say. Be a good trailer, right? In the the NDA. (laughs) But yeah, don't burn out. You can be a flame that burns brightly for the Lord, but if you're not careful, you'll burn out. Yes. Yes. Hey, Philippians 3.14, I press on toward the goal of the prize of the upper call of God in Christ Jesus. Hey, press on to him. Don't slack. Press on. This has been Truth Revival. 
I'm Roman Hamilton for Paul Chapman. If you like the show, be sure to check us out at Truth Revival 37385 on Facebook. We're out of here.